1: Um, fragments of Silicon Review. Welcome to the second one of the evening, like uh, a bit later for the broadcast. Well, actually, I suppose we're on time, uh, given post. You know, a little late. Yeah, anyway, so this time around, we are reviewing Voodoo Vince Remastered. Right. Um, where to start with this? So, uh, I suppose some history. Um, Voodoo Vince, the original game was released for the xbox back uh, all the way back in 2003 um it was a microsoft first party title um it was one of their attempts to break into the mascot platformer
0: um before that started being kind of passe
1: actually it could be argued that um, 2003 was just about the time that was beginning to start, All right? I'm not sure if you can really pinpoint when the 3D, uh, 3D mascot platformer really started to crumble. Now, especially since, um, you know, the PlayStation 2 era is uh, kind of a hard one because you still have a lot of 3D platformers popping up. You still have a lot of mascot wannabes happening um, and Voodoo Vince is certainly one of them um, you know you, you you have your attack and the power of Juju's you have your Dr. Mutos you have your Vexes and you know just still a litany of failed platforming mascots happening and perhaps that is one, one of the big reasons why this genre was considered to be failing by the time we had uh, by the time we hit the HD era. hmm But, uh, you know, and certainly one of the changing dynamics there was um, audience age, and um, part of the reason why 3D platforming kind of got, you know, thrown on the back burner, um, major players aside, or... I, w- I will say Sony was pretty successful in creating new platforming mascots during this time. You know, this is the time when they um, you know, released the Ratchet and Clank series, the Jack and Daxter games, and the Sly Cooper series. Now, all reasonably successful mascot-driven platform uh, games. But what was going on in the era was You know, gaming was getting older, once again. Um, you know, especially with with the double whammy of Halo and Grand Theft Auto 3. And Halo's the big one that's really important here. Because, um, Halo, Master Chief, this ended up becoming Microsoft's mascot. You know, their face, if you will. But they didn't, like... Back in two thousand three, back in the Xbox era, they didn't really consider Master Chief to be appropriate to be their mascot. Once again, we're you know we're coming off the age of the cartoon um, platformer. You know, Nintendo's got Mario, Sega's got Sonic, um, Sony has Crash Bandicoot, or was represented by Crash Bandicoot, if we want to be accurate. You know, even like Bonk was uh, NEC's mascots. You know, and of course, uh, that's not even getting into the uh, various third-party mascots that were floating around during this time. Anybody and then, remember
2: you know, Bubsy?
1: <laughs> right. So basically, the conventional wisdom was um, we need a mascot uh, platformer to check a box. And Voodoo Vince was... Um, their second, I think, attempt at this. Oh,
2: particular. right, Blink.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you may have also forgotten Blink's the time band.
0: Like, um, you know, the Apparently so-called... a mascot nobody freaking liked.
1: Yeah, to the point where Microsoft scrubbed him from existence. Not even joking about that. Thank you, recent cracked article. Uh-huh. Voodoo Vince, on the other hand, um, while not a you know while not a sales force by any means, and there are plenty of arguments as to why that happened. Not only um, the demographic misfire. And, you know, the changing tides. But I'm like... There's no easy way to say this. Voodoo Vince is not an appealing character. Not in terms of design. Now... Um... He's... You know, he even comments in the games that he's pretty ugly. We're being honest here. I'm like, he's probably, um... Not, I'm not sure he's like the ugliest um, platforming mascot I've ever seen, but he certainly, you know, in terms of kid appeal, I'm like, he's certainly not focus tested. I'll give him that. Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, he's, you know, he's this patchwork assemblage of burlap.
2: Like, yeah, and some other. I mean, he's you a know. voodoo
1: doll, right? yeah he he's a voodoo doll and i'm like it's easy like it's easy to see why he was picked but it's also easy to see why he never became the next crash bandicoot or anything like that um, and in terms of his game well i'll get into that in a little bit but you know voodoo vince you know ...got released in 2003... um, ...sank under the water... ...and... ...that was that. Or so it seemed. Um, Because Voodoo Vince, unlike, say, Blinks the Time Bandit... ...actually has a cult following. Because, you know, Voodoo Vince... um, ...we're starting the edge into the actual review here. Voodoo Vince... ...you know, in terms of, like, design, location um atmosphere is actually pretty unique uh-huh. like i ha- like it definitely wasn't hitting the platforming cliches you know there's no jungle world lava level iceland and so on and so forth no voodoo vince is based off of obviously a very exaggerated and cartoony um but it- it's very realistic in terms of platforming You know, it's Uh based off of New Orleans. And it's based off of New Orleans locations. Maybe, like, the theme park versions of that, in one case, like, literally, as the last level is literally a theme park. You know, a circus theme park at that. But, you know, Voodoo Vince, you know, you're, you're going through the French Quarter. You're adventuring and traversing through a swamp. And so on and so forth. Like, you really didn't get that in platforming games. Now, mind you, you know, they're not period recreations of the town or anything like that. But they're definitely, you know, a far sight more grounded than, you know, Super Mario or Donkey Kong or what have
2: you. Yeah, they're like quasi-modern day, but... They're not, like, you can tell, oh, this is, like, you know, early 80s or early 2000s or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, once again, this is a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, um, it's got very unique level design. It's got, on the other hand, um, this game is very fucking drab,
0: uh-huh.
1: like, in terms of color stupid, palette.
0: Stupid reality and its boring, non-cartoony color palette.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, this is some real as brown shit right here. Like, like going through the swamp, um, it looks like you're going through a swamp. Guess what a swamp looks like?
2: Yeah, I was about to say, imagine it's... that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going through New Orleans at light, so very muted colors. I'm sure you can see uh, from the video footage. I am um,
2: not in the any New Orleans level re- really right now.
1: Yeah, but, um, yeah, you're in, um, like, uh, the underground level, which is more brown. Like, like, get used to, like, browns and grays and, you know, dark blues. Like, and that color palette is kind of the antithesis of what you got in mascot, uh, platformers. It's also a mascot-driven platformer that, um cuts against the grain in terms of uh, age demographics. You know, um, I be- I want to say this game was rated T for Teen. Yeah, it was rated T for Teen. Like, maybe it would have been E 10 and up um, a-, a few years later. Uh-huh. But it's certainly not an E for everyone game. Yeah. Um, like, like, it's definitely, like, how to describe the humor in this game? Um, it feels like an early two thousands DreamWorks production. Uh-huh. I mean, like Vince even looks like he has the DreamWorks smile going on in the in the box art. Right. I'm like, and the humor in general, once again, it's sort of amusing, but sometimes it doesn't work. Also, this game definitely has one of the uh, you know, of the period problems of repeated quips. Yeah. You know, it's not as as not as bad as some other games I can think of, but it's still you get to hear repeated phrases um more than once.
2: Yeah. Like they <laughs> must have really liked that joke or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's more that they just had a limited recording of phrases. Yeah. And, you know, that was a that was a problem back in the
0: PlayStation Two era. Limited uh, data storage for
1: yeah, so, like and just well, characters nonstop quipping.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, it, it, it's like uh, it's like th- this shit was never good. Like like. like like you know them repeating the the phrases over and over again it, i'm like if you want the epitome of this gex especially gex on the n64
0: just oh god i forgot there was a gex
2: to... game on in the n64
0: yeah gex 2 was on the everything yeah gex 2 and gex
1: 3 were on the n64 as well and yeah they they had voice samples i'm like Imagine that in cartridge constraints, and I think you can see how repetitious that's going to get.
2: Right, right. But,
1: no. mm-hmm. but this isn't about gags, this is, you know. So, the question is about...
0: Come- Vincy Voods.
2: Yeah,
1: so the question that's come up around Voodoo Vince is, why? Why of all games has Voodoo Vince been remastered? Well, to answer that, um, if you remember, we actually did an interview with the creator of the game, uh, Clayton um, Kazularik back in December. And it was our final show of the sixth season, in fact. And the answer is, well, first of all, he wanted to do that. It's like, yeah, it turns out the creator of the property wanted to do... uh, wanted to bring back the property in some form.
2: Shocking, I know.
1: As far as the opportunity... Well, um, Clayton is an executive at Microsoft. Um, and
0: Funny thing, when you're in charge of the place, you get to tell them what to do.
1: Well, he's not in charge of the place, but he he knows the person in charge of the Xbox division, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer mentioned that um, Voodoo Vince was one of his favorite games from the Xbox era. So they worked out a deal where Voodoo Vince would come back. So it's worth noting that... um, Voodoo Vince is um, not in an unprecedented place because Microsoft's done this before, but Voodoo Vince is actually a quasi-independent project. That is to say, Microsoft still owns the IP. It even says so in the um, copyright information. Mm -hmm. But they loaned it out to Clayton's personal development studio, Beep Industries. And Beep, Beep Industries, or Beep Games I believe they're now known as Beep Games um, Incorporated Yes Beep Games, they're not only the developer of this um, and Well, they were the, the, also the developer of the initial version But um, they're also the publisher um, they, they, are, they, they publish the game through ID Xbox on the um, Xbox One and Windows 10 but there is also a steam version and that was hand, you know that was handled by them as well um, this is especially important because you know my point of contact was an independent uh, agency not microsoft
2: uh-huh.
1: so mm-hmm. like i said it, it, it's a strange situation where you know beep industries was ha- you know has been doing all the grunt work um but, you know, they're still constrained by the fact that the, the you know, the Microsoft, it's a Microsoft property. So, don't expect this game to ever come to, like, the PlayStation 4 or the Nintendo yeah. Switch. Not unless they um, get the IP out right. No. Um, so, in terms of actual remastering, uh, this is pretty basic. Uh-huh. Uh, all things considered. Once again, it goes, you know, that's what all the buildup was for. Because this was an independent project and not um, an actual Microsoft, you know, funded endeavor, um, they had to do the budget on their own. And, you know, it shows. Like, yes, it is a remastering. Um, the game has been brought into the modern era. Um, it's. Um, it's been accommodated for widescreen. This is actually really important because um, there were some HD remasterings that didn't take into account. I'm looking at you, Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> uh...
2: I'm
1: like, um, This is important because if you don't take into account the, um, the, uh, the ratio shift, um, you have elements that stand out that you weren't supposed to see. Like you've got a character off to the side not doing anything because you know they didn't animate them and he wasn't supposed to be on screen. You know that screen was a square, not a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And that get, and that shit gets revealed um, when you do that. Like I, I saw that in Ratchet and Clank um, for the PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. So um, didn't see anything uh, that. Um, in terms of Voodoo Vins. You know, everything is in widescreen, um, and thankfully the cutscenes were done in-engine, so they could be accommodated with the new um, ratio and the bump in resolution. Um, I believe the game... Run, I, I want to say it runs in 1080p or maybe 900p. It,
2: it's running in 1080. Yeah,
1: that, that that's what I thought. I mean... And thankfully, the textures have been updated to reflect that, so you know your your eyes aren't (laughs) bleeding. You know, yeah, the textures have all been modernized, and there are even some new ones with some new Easter eggs. I I like the Phil Spencer one. (laughs) Like that being said, this is you know this is why the this is why language is important. This is why we use the word remastering instead of remake. Because it's, you know, it's been remastered for the modern era. But you're still playing a game from 2003. Um, This is still a, you know, platforming game from the early 2000s. And it's still going to look it. Like, you know, there are not textures high resolution enough to cover up from the geometry. Like, I'm, I'm sure you can see from the footage that's playing that everything looks pretty sparse polygon wise and mm-hmm. you know the size of the levels and all that stuff well they reflect 2003 era, you know uh, level design and the only way you're changing something like that is if you go full on remake you know it's why crash bandicoot is getting a full on remake uh-huh.
2: you
1: know bump up all the resolution you want, you're not changing the fact that you've got some uh, very PlayStation 1, you know, everything. Now, also Crash Bandicoot is still fairly beloved by people. So... Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Now, Voodoo Vince being a cult hit, this is about all they can uh, afford. Yeah. Now, um... You know, unfortunate, but you know that's just kind of the you know it, it's kind of a miracle that Voodoo Vince got this now uh, because you know prior prior to its announcement, like six months ago, at this point, um, nobody expected Voodoo Vince to come back, and you know it's especially important because you know Voodoo Vince is one of those titles that, um was looking to become you know, one of the forgotten relics of, you know, generations past. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there were no... Not only were there no re-releases, um, because of a issue with the code base, uh, it never got Xbox 360 compatibility. So the only way to play this game prior to this version was on the original Xbox.
2: Huh.
1: And, you know, we're talking about a system that... Um, is you know is what fifteen years old now?
2: Yeah, the no. the part the age where the belts in the drive is starting to die. Um, you know.
1: more the capa- more the capacitors.
2: Well, like like mine, the drive belt is starting to go. So, right. Oh,
0: I thought but... you were I thought you were making a car metaphor.
2: No, it actually disk no, no. drives the actual belts that run the drives. Can start to wear down at this point and just rot. Yeah. It,
1: it, yeah, we're getting to the point where your uh, original Xbox is probably going to need servicing, you know, especially because it's a moving parts system.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, don't get me started about the hard drives and those damn things. Uh... <laughs> That's a rant for another time.
1: Clearly. But uh, the point is Voodoo Vince, you know. Just another, uh, you know, bit of uh, cultural flotsam um, to be left by the wayside, or, you know, had some forces not aligned here to bring him back. Yeah. You know, right. That being said, so um, re- in real terms here, where does Voodoo Vince stack on the great platforming scale? Um, let's see. Uh, if I had to attach a number value, uh, seven. Like, um, definitely a solid platformer. Um, definitely a platformer that um remembers to be a platformer. Like, uh, you can see right here, uh, Petty fans going through um one of the more troublesome sections of the game. Um, their 3D recreation of Frogger for some reason. Yeah. Although, much better than the actual 3D Frogger uh, games from this time.
2: God, that's another topic, isn't it?
1: Not really, because I never played any of them, and they're all awful.
2: I had a few of them because, you know, they were cheap at a used game store, and oh god, no.
1: Yeah, there's a reason for that. (laughs)
2: Like, Frogger, get another casual to the 3D era.
1: That's um, it. In, in terms of platforming, it's solid if unspectacular in a lot of places. I will say uh,
2: I've noticed some issues where you're basically doing a lot of blind jumps. It doesn't show you where your shadow is sometimes when you double jump.
1: Uh, I was about to say, for the most part, I'm yeah. like, this game is held back by... Well, okay. First of all, there's some. Once again, there's some of the era issues, like the camera. <laughs> like uh, the camera is definitely from fucking 2003.
0: Like damning with uh, accurate description, I guess. I was gonna say faint praise, but saying something is like a 2000s era camera is not not ever good.
1: No, and th- this camera, believe me, I had my fucking issues with it.
2: <laughs> I'm having like, my issues with it. It's literally killing me right now.
1: Yeah, I'm like, that's, that, you know, that's what cameras did in 3D platformers. It's also, uh, you know, it's also another big reason why um, 3D platformers kind of died, because the cameras were, uh, on the whole, pretty bad. And this game is definitely um, one of those games where the camera is going to be your enemy.
2: <laughs> the so, camera, the true end boss of Voodoo Vince. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although um, I actually completed the game, and there's not a real end boss. It's actually um, two platforming levels, where, um, you know, and it's some of the most difficult platforming of the game. Um, As
2: one would expect from the final level,
1: right? um, uh, Really good stuff for the most part, but the problem was once again what I'm getting at. There's a lack of refinement here. There's a level of jank that I just didn't see from the truly top level performers. Um, you know, you, not just like your Marios, but your rare games and your Sony platformers. Um, shit, like, um, there's a friction
0: issue. Oh, yeah, um, that.
1: Yeah, I'm like, there's a lot of uneven ground here you you can see in the design but the problem is it, it kind of wanted it wants to take that into account so you you slip off of it but the problem is there's no there's no friction you just slide off and, and you you will slide off to your death yeah and that that's the problem I was. Uh, that's one of the big problems I was having in the later stages. It's like I'd hit this area, and then I'd fall off like almost instantaneously. Look at you, fucking Ferris wheel. You no, know, it, it, it's like, and that that just screamed to me, um, either. I I don't want to say rush development because I don't think it was that. I think it was development experience You know, or constrained resources It felt It's a lack of polish issue That never got fixed Even in the remastered version It's unfortunate But it's definitely an issue That holds back the game Yeah Now It's Now And, like I said, I I couldn't pinpoint the exact reason why it happened, but it happens. And it's worth noting. Because it's going to cause you a lot of aggravation. And, you know... It's one of those things that creates an air fake difficulty to the game. Like, there were some... There were some parts of the game where... I was having problems, not because it was especially challenging. Like, honestly, um, the game is on the easy side of platformers. Uh, you know, it, it's difficult, but it, it, it's not a, you know,
2: I don't know. It's not a Mario that? Lost Levels Hard?
1: Yeah, it's not a Champion Road situation or anything like that. You know, it, the... the, the know or or psychonauts meat circus oh god why do you make me remember that although it it is uh, although the um final level is i was getting flashbacks to the meat circus in (laughs) in in the final levels because it's like the same aesthetic outside of the giant robot
2: oh good they didn't rip off the giant robot i was expecting them to get a call from tim schafer
1: Well, n- well, no, um, like Voodoo Vince came out first. Ah. Yeah. Also, another thing that Psychonauts was going to be published by um, Microsoft at one point. Oh. But it got dropped due to their... Uh, I think actually due to them buying Rare. All right. Um, anyway. Um. In terms of collectibles, there are three. Or I guess four, technically. Uh, oh. That is to say...
2: I was about to say one procs the fourth.
1: Well, it, yeah, th- th- that's what I'm getting at. Um, you get these um, skull sheets or skull papers um, that summon, um, you, you collect all of them on a level and then it'll sc- uh, summon a red skull. And then, uh, you know, what you do with the red skull is you chase it down. Like it'll float through the level. And what you got to do is you got to keep up with it until um, the point where it pauses for a spell. And that's when you collect it. And that'll increase your voodoo meter. I guess I didn't explain that. So uh, Voodoo Vince being a voodoo doll um, has voodoo powers. Um, it's one of the, his mo- Once again, it's one of his most unique characteristics, but I don't think it went far enough. Um that is say... If you recall what you do with a voodoo doll, um, you do terrible things to that, and it—you know—those terrible things will happen to, you know, the representation you're doing it to. That's actually been turned into an AoE attack here. Mm-hmm. And um, um Petty's about to collect the voodoo tokens, which give you new voodoo powers. Like he's what? doing the wrecking ball right now, which will like. Yeah, and um, all the voodoo powers will kill your enemies.
2: Yeah, I don't remember if they do damage to bosses, but I know they'll kill, like, standard mooks.
1: Um, they won't, but um, how you deal with the bosses is the same principle. Except, um, like, you're setting up, like, how you do, uh, deal with the bosses is generally you set up a thing, you get hit by thing, and that'll send out the vo- grand voodoo power to hit the boss. You know, like um, the final boss, you're um, you're in a bumper car, and you're trying to drive into these walls in order to unleash the voodoo power. Um, and there are three of them. This game is definitely a proponent of the three-hit um, scenario. And you know, and that's and that's. Pretty much all the bosses. I'm being honest. Um, you know, you you got to um, do a thing three times. The second to last boss is an actual hurricane. Like, and you got to turn on these wind fans, and then you've got to move out and um, hit a um, um, boost vo- uh, voodoo vince into a windmill, and he will unleash his voodoo powers. You know. Like I said, it it's the attack that makes him stand out the most because, um, in terms of other attacks, well, he's got the basics. He he's got a punch, which turns into a three-hit combo, and he's got a spin. What Joshua help which is also part of your uh, long jump.
2: Well, and he also has a drop attack in the air.
1: Oh my God! Um, <laughs> side rant about the side uh, the drop attack. It is the most useless drop attack I have ever encountered. Not only is it fairly ineffectual at hitting enemies, I have died to it. (laughs) So insufficient invincibility frames? No, it's because it'll bounce you.
2: Yeah, you Uh, bounce back at least a step. Yeah, and it'll bounce you
1: off fucking platforms. No, this was not a good mechanic and should have been scrapped.
2: Or reworked.
1: Yeah, something. Uh, I'm like, it's a mechanic that I have literally died to. That is, like, worse than useless. (laughs) i like, also, um, bitching about um, mechanics, um, the double jump.
2: Oh, you mean the jump that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't?
1: No, I can tell you exactly why it works and why it doesn't work. You can only double jump on the Ascend. You can't double jump on the Descend. Yeah.
2: Cause he thought that was I'm, nice.
1: Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. These are these are the subtle elements that conspire to make Voodoo Vince a lesser platformer than you know the than the A-list.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Anyway, getting back to collectibles. Um, oh no, getting back to the Voodoo powers. Um the voodoo powers are a nice touch you know um fits the gimmick um my problem they're all the same
2: yeah as i say they're just different animations
1: yeah they're all different animations but they all do the same thing and uh, you know obviously you know variety variety was kind of needed here because i'm like you know what does it really matter if if Voodoo Vince is getting crushed by a outhouse or getting hit by a chainsaw? It's nice, and you know, it, it it you know, and it's a nice touch that the enemies kind of die in the way that you you know, like if they get hit by the chainsaw, they get cut up, or if they get hit by the toxic waste, they dissolve. Yeah. yeah also, that's another thing. the The, the game was actually kind of violent.
2: Just uh, a bit. Uh, like I said,
1: uh, you know, and I think that was another thing that affected its, um, you know, performance. It, it, it was a, It's a game that was kind of stuck in, you know, too mature for the kids, but maybe too uh, immature for, uh, for the uh, adult teenagers. Yeah. Uh, especially in terms of character platformers. But anyway, yeah, so the Voodoo Powers are a nice touch. You know they're not, they're a good attack, but you know we really needed some variety and um, like also the the voodoo powers don't figure really into pub uh, um, problem solving outside of the bosses.
2: You know, like, they don't actually like, use regular voodoo powers; they just use something else entirely.
1: Right, but you, like you're not using voodoo powers to remove obstacles right or anything like that now basically the the voodoo gimmick was underutilized now um and this this all ties into the sad fate of Voodoo Vince because um a lot of the issues I'm talking about here they're the kind of things that could have been worked out had Voodoo Vince Two or Voodoo Vince Three happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that—that's that, kind of how games work, you know. Oh yeah, the first installation of any series is gonna have weirdness, right? And
1: it's also gonna be like the jankiest installment. Like, Voodoo Vince Three had that happen, probably would have been listed. um, among the, you know, the Banjo-Kazooie's and the Conker's Bad Fur Days of the world.
2: This has some really good bones to it, but it's held back so many ways.
1: Yeah. Now, and obviously I enjoyed my time with it, but I will admit this game scratched a particular itch of mine because I've been really, really wanting to play a 3D platformer. And, you know, I suppose a point in, you know, I, I would say uh, ordinarily a point in Voodoo Vince's favor would be that it is a 3D platformer and there aren't many of those. You know, even though it's from the early 2000s, um, there just aren't a lot of 3D platformers. Unfortunately, it's kind of caught in some infor- bad timing because this is getting yeah. released right around the same time as Ukulele. Um, like and ukulele certainly has the hype behind it, you know, being, you know, the first project out of not rare, Platonic.
2: Yeah, out of legally distinct enough not to be rare, rare. Yeah.
1: You know. <laughs> and also you've got um, Snake Pass happening, so mm-hmm. there's actually a couple of three D platformers coming out, and like, and. You know, and you know, Voodoo Vince remastered. Unfortunately, you know, given that once again, it's not a actual Microsoft project. It's a um, endeavor from a small indie dev. Doesn't have the, you know, doesn't have the marketing mights um, that's behind Ukulele, like. Um, Ukulele is being published by Team 17, who's maybe not a major publisher, but they are a, you know, they're a bigger force than Uh B-Games. That is to say, they have more resources. And, you know, I do worry that this game is going to be um, subsumed again. But I suppose, if it's any consolation, uh, given that it's now on, like, the PC and the Xbox One, it will um, have a longer shelf life than being on the Xbox.
2: Yeah. Like, as long PC. as Windows doesn't fundamentally change like it did, you know, going from 16 to 32-bit and whatnot.
1: Right. Anyway, um, right. Uh, collectibles. There's a lot to cover with this game. Um, in ter- like, um, yeah. Let's see. There was the voodoo powers. Um, uh, Petty fans collecting some of the zombie dust, the blue stuff that um, that increases your life, and yeah. um, the red skull um, ties into your voodoo meter. Uh, you know, um, each skull is um, when each skull is full, you are able to do a voodoo power, and you know, once again, being an AOE attack, it's really good for crowd control. Especially in the later areas where you get, um, like, the, uh, the Bubba Gators. They're really hard to take down with normal attacks. In fact, you get an achievement if you do that.
0: So you know <laughs> Oh it's... boy, it's New Orleans. You can tell they're Gators. They're called Bubba. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I said, th- th- this game is very soaked in New Orleans.
2: Really, yeah. I couldn't tell. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm
1: right and that kind of leads me to the best aspect of this game the soundtrack you know another way this game stands out and this time with no strings attached is the soundtrack I'm like because once again the soundtrack is not your um typical platform th- fair i'm no. like it being a game centered in New Orleans, can you guess what the soundtrack is?
2: Spoilers! It's jazz, lots and lots of jazz.
1: Yes, yes, it's a lot of jazz.
2: <laughs> is it all that
1: jazz? Yes, actually, it's actually some really good stuff. Like, obviously, the you know some of the tracks are better than others, but I'm like. God damn! If I didn't enjoy the music in this game, you know, even after extended playtime, I still enjoyed it, which is a really good uh, indicator of of music. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, it's something that you even today don't really see in platformers. You know, it's like when you think of platforming music, what well, you know, what do you think? Do you think. Well, the music of Sonic, the music of Mario, um, Grant Kirkhope, David
0: Wise, that sort of thing, you know. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's nice no. to have something different sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, but uh, you know, how many, how many platform games can you tell me have a, uh, you know, an actual jazz soundtrack to them?
0: Mm-hmm. Not many.
1: Well, uh, especially uh, yeah, n- not all that many. You know. S- so, granted, um, so in terms of the soundtrack situation, um, no, you cannot buy the, you cannot currently buy the soundtrack on Steam, but you, um, the soundtrack is available. Um, let me, let me just check locations here. Um, food vince music. Um, yeah, you, uh, it's available on all music. Uh, like Amazon.com Music, um, Spotify, you know, basically it's on um, various music services. Although, you know, if the um, developers had made it this far into the review, uh, it's like, uh, Put it on Steam? Yeah, it's like, uh, I would like to see a Steam release, you know, alongside the game that I have. It's like, You know, so maybe that'll happen. Like, given that, like, you know, the soundtrack is quite wildly available. Now, like, you know, you can buy it on Amazon for about $10. I'm like, huh, it's actually cheaper to get the audio CD. That's weird. Yeah. Like, but, and I believe that the music's been remastered as well. Like, you know. I'm trying to remember. I think uh, that Clayton mentioned that, like, the, like, there was something that was going on with one track. I, I, I'd have to go back and listen to the interview to remember exactly what was said. But, yeah, the, the music is aces. Um, completely recommend even if you have no interest in the game, tracking down the, the soundtrack on yeah, your...
2: If you're a fan of jazz, this, you could listen to the soundtrack without knowing anything about the game.
1: Yeah. It, 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 it's it's definitely a soundtrack that, um, especially since it's jazz, so... And, and it's also, you know, it's real jazz done by a band.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not synthesized stuff like some games do.
1: Mhm. Like, it even has a theme song, that was way too short for the credits. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that th- that was for the um, original credits that weren't as long. Maybe. Uh, oh, anyway, all right. So price. Um, the game comes in at fifteen dollars, and I think that's exactly the right price for this. Yeah, game. it's more than worth
2: it. At fifteen dollars.
1: Yeah, I'm like because keep in mind, um, even though like this is a, this was a fully um, featured Xbox released r- release, um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of content. Um, the like the game ran me about twenty hours, you know, which is fairly sizable for a platforming game. Now, fairly sizable for, you know, a full retail Xbox release, and it still retains that. But, you know, it it reflects its age
2: as well. Oh, apparently Beep Games is in the chat.
1: Oh. <laughs> wow. <they're>... Oh, hey.
0: <laughs> oh, God. That... Sorry, we don't usually have chat people for the interview or for the reviews, or he would have noticed you sooner.
1: Yeah, we we don't have the developers showing up <laughs> for review.
0: Hi, welcome. Right
1: first. <laughs> like, God, yeah, that 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 legi- that I'm legitimately stunned now. Uh, like, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay, um, notes from the developer. It's a much better situation versus when the game originally came out, <laughs> just saying <laughs> only a couple of tracks were remixed. Uh, I'm like, uh, duly noted. Um, right, I guess since we have you in the chat, um, we were mentioning that we do hope to see the soundtrack released, uh, on Steam. Like, um, you know, alongside the the release game, I I don't know the situation about that, but, you
2: know. I'm Um, betting it might be a Microsoft issue if it's not on Steam.
1: It possibly could be.
2: Um, Again, that's just conjecture on my part um beep hasn't said anything in the chat so
1: maybe they left but uh you know it's
2: like, oh, oh that was a surprise yeah i just looked up it's like oh the wait a second that's developer
1: ah. hi welcome to live programming
2: yeah note to self keep a more eye on the chat during reviews No,
1: mm. <laughs> oh, it's like you know or you know one of our other people keep an eye on the chat
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I normally do, but I was uh, preoccupied tonight.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, is there any other aspect of the game that we gotta cover? Uh...
2: Not that I can think of.
1: Alright, um... Yeah, also, um... Where, uh, Galax, you might want to mention your technical issues with the game.
0: Oh yeah, I had this weird thing, and I have no idea why. But when I was loading, when I tried to play the game, it just it just repeatedly, even after like deleting and reinstalling and stuff, uh, would just kind of lock up on the uh, beep games. Develop the first screen of the game. Uh, this may have something to do with a weird hardware or software incompatibility, or it may have something to do with. Um, it loads an auto full screen and I did a thing recently that, uh, that another game actually let me do that uh, loads I use a two screen setup that loads the uh, full screen things on my second screen um, because that's how I prefer it um, and it wasn't loading on that screen so it may have had trouble trying to switch what screen it was on or something I really don't know, but I ended up being unable to play the game and I was kind of disappointed about that. And I couldn't figure out how to switch it back, so.
1: Yeah, and you tried, like, um, everything.
0: Yeah, everything I could think of.
1: Like I said, I didn't, like, sometimes the game would, um, like, not load properly, but it, tabbing in, tabbing out, fix that, um, no problems. So uh I said, not sure what the what the issue is there, but it's worth noting. hmm not sure if he's I think uh, that he may have left. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, well, anyway, um given that well, it's in the review now, so um Anyway, any other things we got to cover? Any last thoughts on Voodoo Vince Remastered?
2: Um, not really. Like, I would say the only issue that I really had is there wasn't any delay. Um, like, if you accidentally tried to exit, like, you know how to start and exit. There wasn't a delay, so my key controller accidentally fell off of my desk, and I lost all the progress I did in the level because I was near the end, and it ex- exited on me when my controller fell off my desk. Oh, oh yeah, that, Ooh, that
1: is an, yeah, that, that is an, you know, those are more of the time design quirks. You know, um, say you know, the game doesn't like you know, when you get a collectible, it doesn't say that unless you. Exit the level.
2: Yeah. More. Moreover, that you finish the level.
1: Right. And it's also like it also has lives. Yes. Yeah. So.
2: I will say, if you run out of lives, it's not as punishing as some games. Yeah.
1: But you know, those are still design elements that really aren't done
2: anymore. Yeah. Well, like, it's it'd like, be nice if they had, like, an easy mode where the lives were just removed, but it's not, you know. Well,
1: well, well, more the lives thing. Certainly the collectible checkpoint thing is still an issue. I'm reminded of Snake Pass. Like, like, one of the principal complaints about Snake Pass is you don't save the collectibles until you get to a checkpoint. And that's, well, that's not quite the case here because if you get a collectible, you still got it. And you can totally do the lives, collectible sacrifice thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like if you want to get a collectible that's out of reach, you you can do that and sacrifice a life, and you'll still get it. It's more um, registering it in your save file doesn't happen until you exit a level because that's when the actual saving progression happens. Yeah. You know, that's worth noting. There were some times where I would actually... You know, where I would exit the level just to make sure it, it had my collectibles
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: tracked. Or sometimes um, just to make sure a cutscene wouldn't play again. You
2: know, oh, right, yeah, because Can you skip a cutscene you've already viewed, or do you have to just... Well, here,
1: well, here, well here's the paradox. Um... According to the game, you never watched that cutscene, so no, you can't skip it. Mm. Like, because the cutscene will not play again. But if you don't, you know, if you don't save that you have watched the cutscene, it will play again on your next playthrough. Uh Ah. Yeah. A bit convoluted, but, you know, that's what's going on there. Right, um... That might, do, uh, that might about do it, I think, for Voodoo Vince Remastered, unless there are, you know, last call for um, words, I suppose. I'm good. All right. Um, yeah, and Galix didn't, uh, you know, had the technical issues, and I don't think Twilight actually got around to playing this game. My only question oh,
0: that remains now is who, vo-
2: who do the voodoo that you do? <laughs> Go um, play the game and find out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Madam I think it would, pr- it would probably be Vince. I, I would think.
1: Yeah. I- I'd actually say it would be uh, Madame Charmaine,
0: uh,
1: uh, his owner.
0: Ah, uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, you-,
1: you know the voodoo lady. I, like, al- although. Uh, at the end there it is Vince who does the voodoo because he still has the zombie dust.
0: Yeah, and he's he's the one he like he's dropping stuff on himself to do the uh he's inflicting damage on himself, not having other people inflict damage on him to well, It's important share it to know
2: when people. you do the voodoo powers that doesn't actually hurt you. Like it doesn't take away from your health. I don't think we mentioned that, but yeah. you, you aren't sacrificing health to use those, you're sacrificing the special power gauge.
0: Yeah, but even if it doesn't take away your life, it still hurts.
2: Well, yeah, but it's... <laughs> it's something I don't think we made clear, but yeah, you you can't, you know, you don't have to worry about choosing whether or not to use a voodoo power or die. Mm-hmm. There is no detriment to using a voodoo power, basically.
1: You know, thinking about it, that actually leads to an inconsistency that I could never re- really reconcile. It's that, you know, he's a voodoo doll who harms himself but he still gets harmed. Yeah. I mean,
2: like you can be melted a, with acid, but if a monster hurts you, you die.
1: And it's not just you know like the voodoo powers thing because you know that that gets into the boss setups. You know he, he, he you know he hits himself with objects and stuff that you know aren't necessarily zombie dusting powered or maybe they are. I, I don't know. Th- there's some Ludo narrative dissidence for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: but I'm like that. It's such a minor thing that I, it's not even worth considering.
2: Right. Turns out the f- devil fruit that Basil Hawkins ate doesn't work all the time.
1: There's a devil fruit power that hasn't appeared yet, though. One based on voodoo powers.
2: Uh, no. Basil Hawkins has it. Oh. He can do he straw trick- figures and completely redirect damage he takes to somebody else with voodoo dolls
1: (laughs) duly noted anyway so yeah voodoo vince remastered um a solid uh, i'd say b plus effort both in the original platformer and the remastering now you know i wish i could go higher because i did enjoy the game but you know Flaws are flaws. Yeah, like I can't ignore. You know, uh, I I can't ignore those issues. You know, both in the. You know, I don't think there were any real issues with the remastering. But you know. Um. Anyway, um, the week ahead. Uh, Let's see. Uh, First off, we have an MSP episode this week. Like... Um... We also have some... Cast... Casting
0: news to announce soon. Like... um, We are auditioning new hosts at some... Or we're testing new hosts for MSP? Uh, yeah. we, We are... actively
1: engaged in getting a um, fourth host or um, for a third co-host however you however Mac wants to frame that
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know it's like there, there's like co-hosts in the associates co- I'll be damned if I understand the structure of of it all but you know this show is a lot more loose with you know designations mm-hmm anyway we are actively engaged in looking for a new female co-host and uh, that's all i can mention at this point in time because well we we will be we we still haven't done the auditions yet like we we have prospects on the list Uh, i'm like Like I said, this is really Max Initiative, so he'll talk more about that on Wednesday. Let's see. Um, As far as this show, this week, um, we have, first of all, we have a Tuesday interview on April 25th. Um, Returning for a third time will be Ralph Egas of Abstraction Games. Like, seems like we're talking a lot about ports recently. Like, Oh, um, not sure if you guys saw, but um, one of the Nintendo blog sites uh, saw the Twilight Princess stuff. I did see that. Neat. Um, anyway, uh, Abstraction Games, once again, has been working on a whole bunch of stuff, including like um, Ark and the Sexy Brutal. And uh, they provided a full list and even some YouTube trailers that I'll give to Petty Fan like Tuesday morning um anyway and on wednesday april 26th we will be welcoming benedict fritz of a-e-i-o-w-u i'm still not sure if uh that's supposed to be um pronounced or spelled out i'm sure we'll figure out that on wednesday like um anyway we're gonna be talking about the game tumble seed um this I'm not exactly sure what to call it. I know it's a roguelike a, a roguelike ascension platformer. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll get more into that on.
0: One Every time th- that people describe I don't know what I would call it, but when I've seen everything I've seen it called has gone completely against what it looks like when I've seen footage of it.
1: I'm like I'm sure that I'm sure that um Disparity is going to continue on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, next week we only have one game to review, but um, there's a re- like if we're on- there's a reason for that. Um, we'll be reviewing Planescape Torment Enhanced
0: Edition. Oh boy, I probably need to get on that.
1: Yeah, I, I, we got Tor- two copies.
0: And- yeah,
1: we got. Two copies of the game. I got one. Um, Petty, um, no. Petty fan declined, and um, Galix, uh took the other. Mm-hmm.
0: Because well, I think I have a little bit more time this week, so I should be able to <laughs> play that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's worth noting Galax is uh, our tabletop expert. Although I'm not sure how much of an expert you are on the Planescape uh, setting.
0: Uh, most of my stuff with uh non Greyhawk Dungeons and Dragons settings is mostly academic slash I've read some books. Rather no, than no. actually having played it.
1: Yeah. I'm actually fairly familiar with the Planescape setting. Not okay. not overly familiar. Yeah, it was like I I was Forgotten Realms. Like like Planescape was one of the you know more obscure settings of the second edition. Um which is which it's, I think is one it's of the, one of the two it's
0: one of it's one of the two meta settings kind of supplanting what was it? Uh yeah well Summit was that Jammer.
1: Yeah, was that in Spelljammer.
0: Yeah Spelljammer was the original one which is where all the different universes are, uh, are islands th- in a cosmic literal sea that you literally fly magical literal boats through yeah uh Planescape Argu- is a little bit more traditional uh there well, are different planes
1: well, arguably plainscape is the original one because uh, that that has to do with plainscape's origins
0: yeah um, but yeah i guess I guess what I meant is that spelljammer was the other one, and it sort of stopped being done.
1: We'll get into that next week mm hmm yeah you know, it, it's like yeah.
0: I'm, Planescape like, is the Great Wheel is there and there's the city of the city in the middle and then there's the Lady of Pain there and you don't fuck with the Lady of Pain.
1: Yeah, we'll get into all of that next week. I, I have a feeling that um, Plane, uh, Planescape uh, Torment Enhanced Edition is going to be a very long review. I mean, as long as this review's been... Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. I just the, the setting alone is going to take some time. Yeah. Uh, And then there's the history. And, you know, it's also worth noting that Planescape Torment is considered to be um, literally one of the greatest games of all time. It also happens to be one of my favorite games of all time. So I have a lot to say about this game um, already. So until next week, I wish you good gaming.